welcome to Wrestling with the Angel podcast, the show about faith and belief. I'm your host, Daniel, and today we'll be talking about Easter, death, and resurrection. Hello and welcome. Today I will be talking about Easter and the related topics of death and resurrection. Content warning up front. I will be talking about the death of my parents today um, and as it relates to the topic of Easter and the resurrection. So if this is something that it's uncomfortable for you, I'm talking about death, you know, just for one, it's okay to skip this episode. If not, maybe join me. That might be somewhat cathartic. Second thing I'll say up front, I'm sure that you can hear that I sound terrible. I'm kind of getting over something, but I had the opportunity to record today, so I have to take it. So it's Easter, and it's hard to talk about Easter without having, without talking about the subject of death. I mean, that's the whole point of the of the holiday, the death and resurrection of Jesus. I have a touchy relationship with the subject of death. It's not really one that I like talking about. I also don't necessarily shy away from it. It's just I have to be in the right mood. When it comes to death in terms of Jesus and my faith and belief, um, one thing is just to think of you know the death of Jesus as you know the catalyst for um, the saving of humanity, and and that's all fine and dandy. But I I cannot think of the death of Jesus without actually thinking about the very real aspect of death, and as it relates to. Uh, the death of my parents, which are the two that have touched me the most. My father died when I was 19. Spent the whole summer with him. And then by the end of November, he was gone. At the time, I I don't want to say that I didn't have a full understanding of what it meant for him to be uh, gone, for him to be dead, because I did. Um... I remember when I got the call that he was in the hospital. I was living in Puerto Rico at the time. He was living in the States. And I got the call that he was in the hospital. And I remember feeling that something told me, it's like, you need to go. But, you know, I was in school. It's not really, I, I may have said something to the effect like I want to go, but everybody's like, you know, it's okay. He's just going to be in the hospital for a few days and that's it. And unfortunately, it wasn't. Maybe about a week after he landed in the hospital, um, he had passed away. That was the beginning of a lot of, of my um, relationship with death, and it's not necessarily a good one. I, I can understand that we all um, are mortal. I can understand that we're all going to die, but I, as a 19-year-old kid who was suddenly left without a father, um, especially one that I had been reestablishing a relationship with after you know my mom and him divorced when I was younger, and even though he was nothing, wasn't necessarily not in my life, he wasn't in my day-to-day life, so I was kind of re-establishing a great relationship with him. There was so much that I had yet to learn from him, and then that's it. He was gone. Uh, my brother was much younger than me, so you know, at least I got a few more years with him. But it still sucked. I mean, there's really no other way to put it. It sucks. I, I lost my dad. Um, I, I lost my primary male role model. And even though I had my grandfather and my uncle, my dad's brother, it's it's not the same. He's he's my dad. He's my father. Um, and especially when it comes to this topic of faith and relationship, my dad had 
a huge impact on on it. Something that I'm still discovering today, um, I don't know, decades later, it's crazy to think that he's been dead for so long. I don't think that up to that point I had really understood the idea of death and the Christian story. Let's go with that one. I understood that, you know, Jesus had died for our sins and then he came back and everything was awesome and hunky dory and fine and dandy. You know, we celebrate Easter, yay, and everything. But I never quite, I, I don't think that I understood. And I, I, I don't think that I did, I did at that time, but certainly the death of, death of my father was the first inkling of what it means for death to happen. I had one grandmother that died prior to this, but I was 10 years old at the time. So it was more the sadness of her not being there and the full understanding of death as a finality in the physical sense. With my dad, the fact that he was gone, that I never would have him around to um, talk about a lot of very important subjects. I mean, as a 20-year-old, I, I turned 20, I don't know, a year later, yeah, um, I had just turned 19 after when he died. So 20-year-old, 21-year-old, two years later, I was living in Miami by myself and facing a lot of things that 21-year-olds that are living by themselves are facing. And I didn't have him to talk, um, thinking much further ahead to the time than I had my daughters. I don't have my dad to talk about you know, what it is to be a, a father to, to children, <laughs> to have those conversations. So when I thought about that loss and mind you if you remember my story from previous episodes by this time i wasn't necessarily very um let's go with religious i was visiting church just to like kind of check off a box but i wasn't very much involved in in the idea of religious belief so it wasn't until many years later actually until after my mother had died that everything started to kind of like fall into place i know that when my father died i felt that sense of like rage at the at the world for you know having taken my dad away but it didn't because i wasn't um really practicing my belief my faith my religion um there was no clash there was no um no um struggling with the with the concept of god and what had happened to me it was more of a sense of like well this is what happens and thank God for everything that he gave us and so on and so on. I just kind of followed the script and I just moved along. However, I remember that it left me bitter. Cut to many years later, and that's when my mother died. Um, at the time I was 35, I believe. And now we're talking something that was really um, catastrophic in my life. Now that her death was an absolute turning point in my life in so many ways. It was the beginning of my, um, of me losing my faith, losing my religion, of of me just changing completely who I am. Of, oh, I don't even. I can't even like put it into words. Her death is almost like one of those points that you can divide time in between before and after, and that one led to a lot of, a lot of conflict with God and what had happened and what had he done to me, at least the way that I saw it at the time. Um, at the time I was Jewish, I remember them, I was practicing Orthodox Judaism and she happened to die on a Saturday, um, overnight from Friday into, into Saturday, Shabbat. 
And I still, I remember that I spoke to her the, the right prior to the beginning of Shabbat. And she was um, happy. She was a little bit gone. The medications were certainly taking effect. But I remember talking to her and she seemed happy. She seemed at peace, which is very, very good. But I knew that something was up. And when I got the call in the middle of the night that she had passed away, um, it was devastating. I got up in the morning and I didn't know what to do. It's like the world was completely different at that moment. So I did what I, what I had always done on Saturday morning. I got dressed and I walked to synagogue in a daze. It was a walk that I did every Saturday. It was a walk that I knew by heart, basically. And I know that I did it that day in a complete daze. My, my mind wasn't working. I just walked and cried and walked and cried. And then I, for some reason, felt that I needed to hide what had happened. So I remember walking into the synagogue and putting on my prayer shawl and just sitting in the back, like nothing had happened, just being quiet. And everybody came to look at me and, you know, people would come and like, are you okay? I'm like, yeah, I'm okay. But obviously I was, I was dead in the face. I was dead inside. It's not an exaggeration for me to say that I was dead inside. And when I finally told somebody, my mom died last night, it didn't register until that moment. Their reaction was far more emotional than mine at the moment. I because I just there were words that I wasn't fully comprehending. And I remember when I told my my rabbi, he came to ask me, and I told him what happened. He just like looked at me like, and he said so. So he said things. He said that he was sorry that she was with God now and everything. But I wasn't really listening to him. It was, it it was like. A moment of absurdity. What was I doing there when I should have been by myself mourning? Or maybe I should have been in community mourning. I don't know. I certainly, to this day, I really don't know. But for some reason, I felt that what I needed to do was completely bury it down and not acknowledge the fact that my mother had died, which was the absolute worst thing to do. I left, I went home, I had lunch, I went to bed and I cried and I fell asleep. And I would love to tell you that it was um, a few days, I don't know, however time that I like came to terms with it. But the truth is that it's been now over 10 years and I've never come to terms with it. I just accepted it, that it happened and have moved on. But I don't think that I have ever really come to terms with the fact that my mother died, that I live in a world where my mother is not with me physically. A couple of years later, um, I had my crisis of faith. And part of it can be traced back to this moment. Um, part of it was the, the fight, the struggle. No, actual fight. Yeah, it was an actual fight. I had words with God in silence in my head in a corner um, at night. I had words with God. Um because I could not understand how he could have taken my mother from me. At the same time that I could say, Baruch Hashem, that she was with God now, and she wasn't in pain, and she was in heaven, and you know all these all these platitudes that we tell each other, that we tell ourselves, and I could I could say them and mean them. At the same time, on the other hand, I was angry. I was angry that God had taken my mother away from me. And I didn't know how to rectify, how to like um, balance those things out, how to 
put one versus the other, um, could I get those hands to hold together one more time? Could I look at God as the magnificent master of the universe that had also declared that my mother had to die and still love him and worship him and, and believe that he was our salvation? Could I? I really don't know. I know, and I, I, you know, and I'm speaking now how I felt at the time. I, I didn't know, and and that's exactly what happened. That was the beginning of, you know, what came crashing down for me. I could not, I just could not have faith and belief um, in a God that had done that to me, and it. This is a very human thing, um, and I felt guilty for the longest time for having f had those feelings, for having, you know, had been. A very human, a very human human who felt um, that sense of loss and felt anger at the God of the universe. What I didn't allow myself at the time was to just feel it. I kept fighting myself and having those feelings because I shouldn't, because I I should not be feeling this. I should not be angry with God. How dare I be angry with God? And then I just I looked in the Bible. <laughs> I mean, in the same stories that I had read over and over and over again. And I look at, you know, the great figures of the Bible and they were angry with God too. I mean, let's look at Abraham. It it used the, the Bible uses this very flowery language. But when God said tells Abraham that he is going to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah, um and it says that Abraham is arguing with him and he uses like, you know, very proper language of um, please, master of the universe, hear me this one time. What if there are 40 righteous men? That whole conversation, that is Abraham being angry at God. How dare you destroy this whole city for the sake of if, if there are any righteous people in there? What about Moses? Moses got pissed off a couple of times too, sometimes with the Israelites. But I refuse to believe that some of the interactions that we hear, that we read about in the Bible... There was human emotion there, and it's it's hard to sometimes read emotion into the text in the in the Bible. But if you look through it, it's there. It is absolutely normal for a human limited being to not understand the ways of an ineffable, omni everything being like God. And it's okay for us to sometimes get angry because we do not understand. It's just like when children get angry for things they don't understand, and the parents just sometimes have to take a deep breath and see things from their from their point of view. Yes, we discipline. Yes, we kind of try to straighten out. But sometimes we just need to understand that tantrums happen, and tantrums are because we just we just do not understand. So maybe maybe what I had was a tantrum when my mother died, and I had a tantrum against God. And I don't think that there's anything wrong with that. I didn't think so at the time. I thought I felt very guilty and ashamed that I was feeling these these feelings. And it took many years for me to come to terms with them. That's part of why I'm recording this. Part of why I made this whole show to begin with. Because it, there's a lot of interaction between the mortal and the divine that we try to not to like, we try to like hide or pretend that it doesn't exist. And the struggle is real. Listen, the struggle is real. We are 
limited beings struggling with a divine. Many years later, when I finally came to term, actually, like I said, I don't think I've ever come to terms with the death of my mom. When I was finally able to just kind of like reach a place of peace and I came back to Christianity and that certainly actually, those two events were very much interlinked. And that's because I, when I came back to Christianity and then I finally came to my first Easter, I had the opportunity to reckon once again with the idea of the death and resurrection of Jesus. And what exactly does that mean? One of the things that I remember always hearing from friends growing up, or I've, you know, you've heard it out in the throughout the world, maybe, was the idea that if Jesus knew that he was going to resurrect, that he was going to come back after his death, does his death have any meaning? If he knew that he was going to live after having been killed, does the fact that he was killed have any meaning? And I'll admit that, you know, throughout the years when the question, that question has come up and that question has been thrown at me defiantly, usually, I don't know that I've ever had a question. It's, I've just brushed it off. It's like, you know, whatever. I don't really have an answer, but it doesn't particularly matter. But the truth is that it's something that you kind of have to think about. I don't know that I have a full answer for that right now, to be honest. I know that I have understood the idea of it as this. Though Jesus was 100% deity, it is essential, it is absolute truth that he was also 100% human. And even if Jesus, with the full knowledge of God, of time, past, present, future, as one single entity, knew that he would be resurrected post-death, after his death, that does not take away the trauma of his death. I'm a nurse. I've worked in trauma. I don't work in emergency, but I've seen enough trauma in my career to know that death by trauma is ugly, painful, and horrific. When you read the descriptions of what happened to Jesus, even if you're reading something that has been sanitized, it still is a horrific death. If you happen to watch that one movie that depicted the whole crucifixion in all its gory detail, you know that death is horrific. So there is no way to take away from Jesus the fact that he went through that traumatic, horrific death willingly. And maybe he knew that after everything was said and done, he was going to come back, but that did not make the pain that he felt through the crucifixion any less real. He felt everything because that is the point. In that traumatic death, that is where the cleansing of our sins comes true. A lot of people may think that it's the resurrection part. And I am convinced 
I don't have a theology degree, but I'm convinced that it's not so much the resurrection. The resurrection is the price, but it's that moment. It's having gone willingly through that traumatic death that bought our salvation. And there is nothing that can take that away from the from Jesus. That experience cannot be taken away from him. So it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if even going into it, because he knew already. You look, you look at the at the Bible. You look at the text. He knew what was gonna come. Your will be done, Father. He said, "Your will be done, not mine." He knew, but he still went through it. And in that going through it willingly, that is where we gain our salvation. I don't know what it feels to die. I don't know what it feels to be on the brink of death. And hopefully it'll be many years before I do. However, I have been by people who are have been on the brink of death. I have sat with people before they died. I remember talking to my parents before they died. I have seen the knowledge of their mortality and the willing acceptance of what is to come. I heard it in my father's voice when I spoke with him before he passed away. I saw it in my mother when I visited. I heard it in my mother's voice the night before she died. I have seen it in patients in the hospital, patients that I have met whom I know, and more importantly, they know they're going to die. I have seen the willing acceptance your will be done, not mine. And I'm not saying that everybody is like that. I have seen also a lot of people who went struggling into their deaths. But I, I, I know what that is. I know what it is to go willingly. I know what it is to just accept that that is the will. That is what's going on. So when I think on this Easter, on the resurrection of Jesus, and what it means to me as a Christian, on what he had to go through in order to buy my salvation, to cleanse me of my sins, me and all of us that are believers of our sins. And I think of my mother and my father, how they stood at that point in time when they could clearly see what was coming. And they said, your will be done, not mine. And they went into it peacefully and willingly. It gives me a certain amount of peace. It gives me a certain amount of happiness. There, I call it happiness. Yeah, I'm going to call it happiness. It still makes me sad that I don't have them. But it also makes me so damn proud of how they lived their lives and how they accepted their passage into the next into the next level, into the next life. So on this e- on this Easter, I celebrate the death and resurrection of Jesus. And I thank for having gone through that trauma so that through his suffering, our, our sins could be cleansed so we could be saved, so my parents could be saved. And when they stood at that moment, at that precipice at that line at that edge at that door 
between this world and the next, they were able to look upon the face of Jesus and say, your will be done, not mine. And I can only hope, I can only hope that one day, I can only hope that one day when it's my turn, because one day it will be my turn. I can only hope that one day when it is my turn, I can have the same bravery that Jesus had, that my parents had, and say, God, your will be done, not mine. That's it for this episode. I'll catch you on the next one. Thank you for listening to this episode of Wrestling with the Angel podcast. Be sure to subscribe over at anchor.fm slash wrestling with the angel, all one word, or on your favorite podcatcher, where you can also leave a review. Head over to 5ypmedia.com, where you can sign up for our newsletter and find show notes and links. Wrestling with the Angel is a production of 5YP Media and is copyright 2022 5YP LLC. Until the next time.